Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome, weary traveler. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales. Tales of adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Agelos, and with me this, well, this morning is my little Nordling. Say hello, Ezra. No, he doesn't want to say hello. Is worth it. You don't want to say hello? No? Okay. All right, that's okay. You don't have to say hello if you don't want to. Um, this is going to be a little different show because, quite honestly, I don't have Arkaneer. And I have my little Nordling here. So it's it's probably going to be a little different than normal. Uh, but we do have some fun news to talk about. <laughs> what, what What's wrong there? Are you winning? Oh, Good. Good. Hat off. Okay. <laughs> As I said, different show. Uh, we do have some news, and I've got some tales to talk about today for what I have been doing within the Elder Scrolls Online, which has been a lot. Uh, so hopefully this kind of show will still be okay for you guys. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun. I really do. All right. Well, before we actually get into the show, I do have to give a special shout out to our new followers uh, over at patreon.com slash dungeon crawler network. They're helping to support what we do here. And uh, Blaine Atkinson is new this month. So thank you so much for supporting us there. Uh, helps us keep the lights on, lets us continue to do what we're doing here. And, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the shows. Also, I have to give a shout-out to those who support us over at twitch.tv slash dungeoncrawlernetwork. We got several new subs, including Ishaboo, who's in chat right now, uh, Razzler for subbing up for two months, uh, Stormslord, Ikasugami, uh, Obi, Lord Obi, Mirnat, Funky Chicken, Oh my, Nikolax141 and Sasta37. Thank you so much for subbing over there. That really does help us out as well. All those funds go to support what we do here at DCN. So really do appreciate that. Okay. Well, I think we got that out of the way. Should we continue with the show, Ezra? Yeah. No? Ah. Mm -mm. oh. Well, guys, uh, apparently this is going to be the end of Tales of Tamriel because... The little Nordling says, no, mm -mm. 
No more, no more show. So, really, no show. No, no show. Well, then, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna entertain everyone? You don't know. All right. <laughs> I see Scooter. Finally, someone with hair. Yeah, that would be true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's jump right on into the news because I wanted to talk a little bit about a few things first. We're going to do the news first only because uh, I think that'll probably be the more interesting route going forward right now. And then we'll then we'll talk about tales because I have a feeling I'm going to go for quite a while. Uh, so first up in our quick to mentions uh, on June 10th. Sunday, June 10th, it looks like some of the developers are going to be available in Los Angeles after the uh, BE3 event over at PAX. Um, and I'm going to quote this. It goes, Hi, everyone. In just a few weeks, members of the ESO dev team will be in Los Angeles, California for the BE3 showcase and E3. We're discussing having a small meetup during the, sh during the day on Sunday, June 10th, for any local players that would like to chat with the team and meet other players. Uh, showcase our convention tickets are not required. If you're interested, please post here and send a PM. There will be a link in our d show descriptions to let you let you post there so you can actually be a part of that so i think that's going to be kind of neat i know they did this before that was where i think we got the tamriel beer garden from which is always a fun event when they're at be3 but hey you know cool cool deal can't really complain much about that getting to hang out with some of the developers as well as possibly drinking which definitely is not a problem okay uh moving on as many of you probably know uh and you probably see so here, the ESO Twitch drops have been enabled. So now you're going to actually be able to buy your either ESO or in-game currency, um, crown store, or uh, crown gems, and ESO game time through your favorite Twitch subscriber, a.k.a. you know, we have it. Check that out. Um, and that actually both lets you get the crowns or the, or the sub time or game expansions and also helps out the streamer itself. So... I mean, hey, really can't go wrong there, right? Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out as well if that's something that does interest you. That, of course, does help us out here as a network, and we greatly appreciate those who've already done so. I know we've had a couple people already jump in and donate um, donate via buying crowns and sub time through us here. Okay, so... For those who don't know what the Twitch drops are, they're actually kind of neat. And I know I was talking about them a little bit earlier. Essentially, what they're going to allow you to do is they're going to incentivize you watching ESO streamers. And at, at the end of the streams, there's a chance that you'll get a Twitch drop, like a free crown crate. Now, these crown crates, the Welkin crates, are a little different than the other crates. I seem to think like they don't generally have as much good stuff in them. Um... Yeah, it's like they don't have as much good stuff. I think that's the best way I could describe it because I've gotten two so far since the beginning of this, and what I've gotten out of it was pretty much um, a few consumables. Now, I can't complain. It's a free crown crate, which is there you go. And at the very least, that converts into 10 gems or four gems, rather. So you get four gems from that. So just by watching us, including right now, watching us live on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Crawler Network, there is a chance that you will get this loot. If you happen to buy 
anything from the streamer itself. You will also get a Twitch crate that you can open up that has uh, a chance at a few different things, such as um, such as emotes. Uh, I think there's one or two in-game related items and some other little Twitch goodies. So maybe that's something that will tickle your fancy. Uh, Daddy Dank says it's always both. You know, I've only ever gotten potions. Um, now I've only had two of them. I, I can't say for sure whether or not I can't say for sure whether or not this is actually something that you know is is a fact like someone said they got an XP scroll out of it I've never heard of anyone say they got anything really good but at the very least you know you're gonna be able to get at least like four crown gems. So it's a slow, slow, slow move towards towards what I'm at. So I need to do weapon power, speed, and restore stamina. All right, weapon power, speed. There we go. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I guess, you know. Um, that That's kind of neat. Oh, it needs to be a poison, not a, <laughs> a poison. Search. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, oh, I'm missing Blessed Thistle. Ouch. Ramakin Twitch says, I got a purple XP scroll turned into 13 crown gems. See, that's not bad at all. At least, at least then you got something out of it, right? So definitely can't complain too much there. 50% uh, XP scroll. I mean, the XP scrolls are nice. Don't get me wrong. It's, uh, I just think they have a much lower, if they have any chance whatsoever, of getting any of like the Apex or Legendaries or anything like that. Because if you remember, normal Crown Crates guarantee at least one rare quality item. Well, these ones definitely do not have at least one rare quality item. I can tell you that much right now. So, I guess take that with a grain of salt. Um... So with this coming up, this is interesting, Twitch Crates. Now, a little bit of controversy I'm going to pull into here because I'm not really sure. There was a quote that, let me pull it up here. This was a PSA. All streamers, regardless of size or notoriety, who are streaming ESO this long weekend will have Twitch drops enabled on their stream. All streamer, all the streamer has to do is have their ESO account, Twitch, or account linked to Twitch. This will occur through Tuesday morning. You can earn one per day resetting at midnight eastern time earn five throughout the tuesday weekend so it looks like you only get five total which is kind of weird um so this is the question that i'm really having we talked about this when i guessed it on arkinier's stream over at uh his his twitch channel i hopped onto his discord and we were just having a chat and it was pretty fun i said how this is a really 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 good idea about incentivizing people to watch their live streams, right? Um, because let's face it, they've, they've done this for the TES Legends. They've done it now for ESO. And if you've been watching any of these up before Somerset launch and the Twitch things, there's some, the people actually watching both of these two games has been insanely low. Like it has. Like they just 
haven't had a really good um get out of here cat i'm telling you this this is just a crazy show today i have my son sitting here and he's kind of sliding off my uh off my leg <laughs> um and of course my cat does not want to disappear from my desk anyway back to what i was saying they're they want to incentivize people watching twitch the fact that they're only allowing this to go on until Wednesday or Tuesday, I'm I'm a little concerned that they're either going to stop the promotion, which I think would be bad, or worse yet, only put it on very, very few streamers. Uh, and we both know, well, we both, as in you and me, the listener, know that Zoss tends to favor a few of the really big streamers who don't even play their game anymore, by the way. Um, so I think they're a little jaded there. I really like the idea that it was everybody, you know, regardless of who it was, because it then definitely created this sense of people were streaming the game and you could watch anyone because I'm, all I'm going to say is there's going to be people who aren't going to get too many of these crates or whatever. The big streamers realize their audience isn't in ESO because, before the launch of Somerset, right now there's like 5,000 viewers or something like that. Before the launch of Somerset, there was less than 800. Okay? So once the new hype of Somerset wears off, do you know what's going to happen? It's going to go back down to that number. So I think it would be a real big misstep if Zenimax decides they're just going to only give this to a few select streamers rather than everybody. You know, I think that would really be a bad, bad idea to do. Because why would you want to do that at this point? You want to encourage people to watch your game, right? But if you're only incentivizing the two or three big streamers who don't even stream the game that often, mind you, then what is the entire purpose of all this? Um, so that's kind of my concern. I, I, I went through and I applauded them earlier in the week. But now I'm starting to question whether or not it's going to actually continue. And I, and I do have my doubts for certain people. Um, but in my mind, I'm sitting there going, why wouldn't you want to do it? Because it does incentivize people to watch your games, get your numbers bigger. Because I don't know about you guys, but I like getting free crown crates. Um, even if they do only contain potions, it seems like. Because then at least that's four gems minimum. You're getting at least four gems if you don't get a collectible or something you had before that you can then, you know, put towards your your game. Um, and I know I've been watching more ESO streams lately because of the ESO Twitch drops. Because hey, it's like hey, while I'm while I'm just sitting here working on a show or whatever, I'll put on a Twitch stream for ESO because then I'm supporting a small streamer and I always pick the small guys. I, I never go with anyone with more than a hundred viewers um, because it was all the same for me. And then that gives them a little bit of notoriety, give, shows them a higher sub, or a viewer count. And then also gave us a chance at Twitch loot. Now, if they remove that only from a few of the big streamers, then yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. Uh, Angry bot or Angry Botox smile. Okay. Oh, I got it. Angry Botox smile. Available. It comes on console on June 6th is the official launch of Somerset on console. And anyone who didn't pre-order, I think, is also June 6th. So take that in mind. 
New uh, uh, Ramakin Twitch. New ESO streamers will never grow if drops are enabled only for a few big ones. I agree. And I, I honestly think even with the few big ones, they're not going to hang around for a few hundred viewers when they can go play Fortnite. You know, just let's be frank here. That's kind of my fear. Let the people who enjoy the game and are actually streaming the game do just that. And if you incentivize it with Twitch drops, people may watch. You know, people will continue to stream. And there's also the chance of getting, you know, like I said, those items. So that's our... Oh, I do have one more bit of news. Um, oh, no, the Twitch drops. Um, if you're... Rom, it's actually tied to Twitch, not console per se. So as long as you're streaming from console, which you can do, um, to a Twitch channel that has them enabled, it doesn't matter where it's from. So that's it. As long as you're streaming ESO, that's fine. One little bit of news that I found interesting, and I was trying to find the link for it, but I couldn't. There was a job posting for a new marketing crown store manager, okay? Now, would you quit scooting around there, son? What do you think? <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Um, now, my first thought when I when I saw this was, oh, Dad. crap. What, would you get something? Go back. Oh, okay. Back. I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, my first thought was great. They're expanding. They're actually not. This is the thing that's fascinating. Um, I checked LinkedIn on this just to check. And the woman who was there before, I don't remember her first name, but it was something Powers. She was the person from my.com who pretty much came up with the whole crown store debacle um, with crown crates. And oh, anyway, she left. So she's no longer at ZeniMax Online Studios. Now they're looking for a replacement. So my hope is that they get someone in here who will recognize a lot of our complaints for the crown store and actually change some things up. So this is actually a plus in my book as long as they get someone who's decent and doesn't follow the same crap that this other lady did. I, I couldn't be happier that she's gone. You know, I really could not be happier that she's gone. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, if you uh, hate crown crates as much as I do, please go apply over at, at the ZeniMax website. <laughs> as I see in chat, Scooter's like, ah, apply. I'm like, I would, but their investors would know me by now and go, no, no. <laughs> as Isha says, what game is she going to ruin next? I have no idea. I, I noticed she left, but I didn't see a new posting. Um, but that was my thought, too. I'm like, oh, dear heaven, I hope she doesn't go to some game that I actually enjoy. Anyway... That's possibly some very good news. Hopefully they find someone who understands that there's a certain level of keeping your customer. And we'll go from there. You know? Okay. You know, I would probably keep the crown crates, but I would definitely incentivize the ESO Gold server, which is the sub-only server with no cash shop, sort of like how uh, Rift has their Rift Prime. That's what I would do. Um, that would definitely be what I would do. 
incentivize the sub only server because I would totally play on a sub only server with no cash shop in a heartbeat. Even if it was like two to three times the cost, I would still do it. Absolutely, I would still do it. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next little bit because that was the end of our news. We'll go into our tales today, which is a lot for me. Um, I'm not going to give any Somerset spoilers today, so feel free. You'll be fine. Plus, if you actually look at my map right now in Somerset, you can see I'm, I've not really done a whole lot overall. <laughs> um because when I took the boat to Somerset, which, okay, before I start my other tales, I have to say something to whoever designed this. So I'm going to go in here. I'm going to take a look. So you have Mournhold. You take your boat out of Mournhold. All right, great, right? So I'm looking at Mournhold. They're making you ship out of this dock, okay? Not this dock. This dock, okay? So let's zoom out a little bit and find out where this road goes. So if you're leaving from this dock, you go down in this little lake. There's a bridge right here, which you can actually go under, I believe. So that's fine. But what, what, how do you, what do you do here? This is a land bridge. You, you pick the boat up? What the heck is going on here? Then you're going down here. Then there's another bridge that separates us from um, Shadowfen. This is a wall, mind you. And I don't remember if there's a gate in the wall, but regardless, you have two gates here that you have to go through. Then you're in a river that leads from like right here. Then you can sail down, down, down along this river, down, 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 down. And then through this little causeway, arguably you would think would take you to the sea. Or if they would have moved the boat over here, you sail up this direction. And you have one land bridge to pass, okay? One, which I think actually has a waterfall, so you could probably make it down easier that way. Instead of two, out, out, under the bridge, out, out, and guess what? Right into the sea, because here's the bay, and then it's just a sail all the way around. I don't, I don't get it. I have no idea why in creation they... Uh, they they did it the way that they did it, and I thought it was really weird, to be frank. But anyway, um, so when you land here, you're supposed to go to Shimmerine, this town right here, first. Um, as you see, I only did like part of the first quest. Um, what they do is they land you over here at the Alanor docks, and you'll also notice I don't have destinations turned on because there's everything else isn't locked out. I'm actually doing the old-fashioned exploration. So I came down here, and I'm just like, I picked, picked a direction, so I headed south because I saw something on my compass. And then I kind of made my way down through here, bup, 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 and I made it to Alinor, which is an absolutely gorgeous city. And you know I don't say that often about elves in general, but the way it doesn't look like it would be a very big city. Like when I first looked at it, I'm like, ah, it's going to be kind of tiny. The way they designed it with the verticality, it feels much larger than what it appears here on this itty-bitty map. So that was really cool. And then, as you see, I kind of meandered my way up this direction as I was heading towards Shimmerine, and then kind of went over here, messed around a little bit, and then kind of went south because I had a quest to let me here, and then I made it to Shimmerine. But I never actually moved any further. So how are you doing, little bud? You still doing all right? Yeah? Okay. 
That's good. You're a good boy. Anyway. Oh, I also did complete Cloud Rest, which was pretty cool on normal. So, yay there. Um, I thought that was kind of neat. Then, let's go back and talk about what else I've been doing. So, in the two weeks since we had a last episode, um, I have been doing a lot of getting ready for Somerset, right? Because I still had Morrowind to do. I had all of Clockwork City to do um, between now and last episode. Well, I did completely finish Morrowind. I mean, 100%. Not just the main storyline. I did all the side quests and stuff as well. So if you are worried about spoilers for Morrowind, Clockwork City, and um, some of the precursor quests, you may want to like tune out here and come back after you finish them or skip this episode from here on out because there good, could be a chance I'm going to talk about a few spoilers, at least in the very, very... Um, broadest of sense. I'm not going to go too crazy. So, I finished Morrowind, and while I loved Morrowind for its story, I felt like it was insanely short. Like, really, 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 really short um, compared to what it, I think it should have been, I guess. I don't know. Like, the main quest line was really tiny. What probably gave... Morrowind, a lot of its uh, um, longevity was due to all the, you know, 9,000 side quests, which definitely did. I thought that was definitely helpful, and I really enjoyed that. So don't get me wrong there. But the main storyline and the setup for Clavicus Vile was pretty neat. Like, the fact that he had taken over. You want to sit up a little bit? Can I help you out? Do you want to say hello now? You, you want to say hello into the mic? No? You got to move the mic away? All right. That's okay. That's okay, little man. Are you winning? Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. I like that. Ooh, impenetrable mother's silence. Or silence from... Oh. Hmm. Hmm. I may sell that. Anyway. I definitely did feel like the the main quest was very, very short. It was pretty epic, especially the scene when Clavicus Vile starts like letting Bardow fall from the sky a little bit and Vivex losing his power. Um, which I don't know if you guys knew from the lore. Oh, I still haven't achieved that pet yet. I noticed Isha said she's trying to uh, obtain the, what is it called, the Theodite or whatever from one of the public dungeons. I was actually doing that with a friend of mine who I talked into playing ESL. Um, and I think she went a little hog wild, and I love it because she pretty much bought every DLC, every chapter, and she's put like 45 hours into it already over like the three days she's been playing. So that's actually been pretty funny to watch. Uh, might have gotten her addicted. I don't know if she's going to listen to this show, but if she does, shout out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Clockwork City. If you didn't know a little bit about the lore, it was actually Clavicus Vile who sent Bardow to crush the Vex City anyway. So I felt like it was somewhat fitting 
that clavicus vial kind of make a, a return. Hey, buddy, do you want your own chair? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're rooching around a little bit. All right, everyone, give me two seconds while I grab another chair for my kid. All right? One second. I'll just... No, no, I'm not even going to cut it out. It won't take me that long. Hold on. Stay right here. You want to move the chair over here next to me? Yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. Now, for anyone who's curious, he's he, my little my little man is right there. Say hello. 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 <laughs> there we go. All right. Doing good, bud. All right. Little man was tired of doing the show. He figured it was it. So he's the one who actually sent Bar down in the first place. So that was neat to see him make a reappearance. And it does set up some of the some of the fun that happens in Somerset. Which, by the way, the trailer for Somerset is fantastic. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen that trailer yet, but it definitely got me hyped. I was like, this is this is awesome. I've really, really enjoyed their their blur trailers so far, and I mean, I, I do have that little special place in my heart for that one guy, you know, the four purity guy, because he he seems to have all the right values in place, um, and I mean, he he's he's killing all these elves, and I feel like, yeah, that's acceptable, right? Yeah, so he's my hero. I really do appreciate him. No baby hero. Are you the hero? No, baby. Baby hero. Oh, baby's the hero. Okay. Cool. Pinchy leg. Um, so, yeah. But that first scene after Vivek starts losing his power and goes into his little coma, that was fantastic. Because then you're sitting there. The whole place looks like it's just falling apart, right? It's insanity. And... uh I don't, I don't know. I just I really thought that was a really cool thing to see. Um, so let's see here. I did pick up a jewelry crafting survey from Greenshade. Uh, cleft between two great stones on the shore behind Shipwreck, south of Seaside Sanctuary Docks, west of Underroot. Hmm. Greenshade. Greenshade. So Underroot is... I don't even remember where Underroot is. Greenheart, Labyrinth, Marbrook, south of, oh, no, it's probably right there. Yeah, like the amount of, um, the test wiki is wrong. It's definitely wrong. I believe they've even said it that it was in there before. I know I have someone saying that it was Sheogorath. I don't think it was Sheogorath. It was. I thought it was Clavicus Vile, because Clavicus Vile is crazy at that same point. Anyway, I'll have to look it up in case I'm wrong, but I really don't think I am. Anyway, so 
they're setting up Clavicus file, which is kind of neat because he took over like the body of the of the most trusted like advisor, which I thought was also kind of neat. Um, and from there, like I, it, it just ended very, very, very quickly overall. Like all of a sudden, oh, you got the power back. I felt like they could have played a lot more up on Chotala, who was the failed Nerevarine, who are the fake Nerevarine. Um, like, he didn't have much of a story. He was pretty much like, I'm the Nerevarine. And they're all like, no, no, you're not. And then you end up, like, just killing him, and that's it. I feel like there could have been a whole backstory that it involved the Ashlander tribes, but instead they kind of were like, no, nah, we're not going to do any of that, and we're just going to wrap it all up in, like, three seconds. So, I don't know. That... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I have to look, but I think uh, I am wrong. I guess it is Sheogorath and not Clavicus Vile. Thank you, Daddy. I was indeed miscorrected on that one. So then again, my whole connection just didn't work. So clearly it's it's not that important. Yeah, it was it was uh Barbus Clavius file, but you could you could argue whether or not they're the same person. And there actually is a book that you can find in that quest line, right around that quest line that says, Yeah, are they the same person kind of deal? It it's it's fairly neat. So um oh I think it's over there. Oh no, I I did mean in Morrow and Angry Botox. Like it was Bar uh, Barbus who actually took over the body, but it, if you're going into the Daedric lore, is Clavicus Vile and Barbus the same person? Like people have been asking whether or not he split himself on purpose to so have company. You know, there, there's there's some thoughts on that as well. Ooh, another. Ah, there it is. Um, so that that was a neat story. Now. Overall, I think they did pretty good, but I think they could have done a little better and given us just a tad more from Morrowind. I felt like it could have went a little longer than what it did. I would have liked to see a little bit more of um, the Ashlander tribes. I mean, you get a few dailies from the Ashlanders, but that's kind of about it. You, you even find a couple Ashlander camps, but there's no quest in them at all which I thought was weird. The only quest that even appears is after you advance the main storyline enough, you get one quest saying, go back to um, uh, Adrun, and then that starts your dailies. That's pretty much it. And I was like, they really could have explored the idea of the Ashlanders a little bit more, and, and they definitely didn't. So that was kind of there. So then I completed the Knife in the Shadows quest, which sets up that idea of the Shadow Assassins where the Shadow gets taken over and they're looking for a very powerful relic, a Daedric relic. Um, and you have all these mages being murdered by their own shadows. And it turns out, I feel like 
is that tied to Minfala? I feel like it's Minfala being tied in as part of that trifecta of evil that's coming against Somerset. Um, but regardless, it is what it is. And it was an okay quest line. I mean, you get a memento out of it. I felt like the shadows were a little disjointed. Yet again, talking about the disjointed, it's like... All right, let me let me rephrase that. So you go into the Clockwork City at the end of Morrowind, okay? You do. You actually get sent to the Clockwork City because Clavicus Vile is there trying to mess around with the, the Divine Forge to open a gateway. Uh, Sothasil's Divine Forge. So you have that going on, but that doesn't really matter. So you, you were in the Clockwork City at the end of Morrowind. You get the precursor quest to hunt down these mages who are getting killed by their own shadows, which then leads you to saying, oh, this person was the only one who could find a way into... Thanks for the follow, Toxic Brown Eye. (laughs) Um, So he's the only one you could follow into uh, the Clockwork City because she was like a mage of Arteum, one of the Sigics. Great. All right, so you introduce the Sigics. You introduce this little shadow mage thing, which, you know, hey, that works. That kind of sets up Minfala a little bit. Um, For me, it felt like it should have been more nocturnal, like the Relic was a skeleton key and the shadows just sound more nocturnal. I agree, but, well, see, nocturnal's apparently part of this little trifecta too, so maybe it is nocturnal um, because it does involve the, the key. But the question is, if it was nocturnal, why why couldn't she just get her key, right? Like, I know she bestows it to, to people, but he agrees. But they could just take their favor back, more or less. I don't understand why they were after it unless someone else wanted it, right? So, um, praise the pie god. Hey, mate. I'm here today doing our ESO show with the one and only amazing co-host, my little Nordling. Say hello, little Nordling. Hi. <laughs> it's it's a different show today, so be prepared. Um, I'm going to go farm some materials while I'm here. <sighs> so we did that. It was an okay quest, but yeah. Somerset is amazing, by God. It really is. Um, I've really been enjoying it. So we so we set up the Sigic Order, which gives us a little bit of hey, you know, that's that's actually cool because Sigics are part of Somerset. So it gave us a little bit of a heads up that hey guys, this is uh this is gonna be coming, so keep this in mind. So we we introduced the Sigics and also introduced a little bit of that nocturnal or Minfala quest with the shadows. I don't know why if it was Minfala or Nocturnal, why she had to find her own relic. I feel like she could just make it appear or disappear at will, but anyway. However you do it, it introduced a little bit. I made so much gold from fishing. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. That's funny. 
Um, yeah, by God, I did actually talk earlier in the show about the idea of the Twitch drops, and hopefully they continue, um, but I do have some fears on that. So, anyway, so we had that quest. I moved on to Clockwork City. I absolutely adored Clockwork City. Once again, the main quest line wasn't overly long, but I definitely liked the the apostles that were there, Sothasil's apostles, because they were an interesting bunch. And there were a handful of quests that were actually very, very fascinating. Like, if I look at the Clockwork City, (laughs) uh, the Everwound Wellspring had a very interesting quest involved killing new people coming in. That was definitely kind of creepy. But before we get to Clockwork City, here, herein lies another question that kind of stuck out to me. When you're doing the quest, the starter quest, you meet Diveth Fur, right? And he's like, I can get you to the Clockwork City. And he's like talking to you about the Clockwork City like you've never been there before. And in my head, I'm sitting there going, dude, I already made it into the Clockwork City. I found one of Sothasil's apprentices or your apprentice. I can't remember right now whose apprentice it was. And they got me into the Clockwork City. I really don't know why I have to really deal with this because I've already been there, but you're treating me like you'd never find this on your own. I'm like, dude, it's already there. Defeated a Daedric Prince there. I'm good. Anyway, that little whatever aside, you know, um, I did find the rest of Clockwork City pretty awesome. And I loved, love, love at the final part of Clockwork City when you actually get a chance to, to see Sothasil in his giant machine. Oh, that brought back tons of nostalgia. Because if you've not played Morrowind, that's actually where you find Sothasil after... Spoiler alert, Amalexia kills him. He's still hooked up to his machine and killed. Um, yeah, it was, that was definitely a very cool aspect that I, I don't know. If you didn't play Morrowind, it might have been lost on you, but I don't know. I thought it was pretty neat. Oh, I, I was going to get that anyway. Um, did finish the precursor for Somerset, but to be frank, I don't even remember what it was. I think it's where we, I I have no idea what the precursor for Somerset was now that I'm trying to think about it. It was that generic of a quest that I'm just kind of like, whatever. I did like how in, 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 yes. Yeah. What about it? The fans there to keep us cool. Yeah. Um. It I did like in Clockwork City that they did introduce Nocturnal, which we're starting to see that Clavicus Vile, Nocturnal, and um, Minfala uh, Tribunal type triumvirate setup within within the uh, Somerset Isles. Um which is definitely pretty cool. Um, yeah. Oh, the, the weird Oracle. Right, right, right. Thank you so much, uh, Daddy Dank, for that one. 
it was neat to actually enter the realm of Minfala and see all like the spider webs and stuff. I, I do remember now that you jogged my memory. I had Thais here and she was watching and as soon as she saw all the spiders, she's like, nope, I'm out. What, what's up, bud? It's, it's fine, buddy. It's okay. Um, I definitely thought that was pretty neat. Uh, I did get to finish the cloud rest, which was a neat trial. Um, it's a neat trial. I'll say that I'm kind of disappointed that the trials don't have a lot of trash fights or these long sprawling areas like, uh, um, Sanctum Ophidia, Hellra, or even even Ethereum Archive were these much longer areas. Like there was a lot of stuff to do between these ones. Seem to be just like essentially one boss and mini bosses. Now it wasn't bad, but it was a good trial. I just I I wish it wasn't like almost like a one room trial like what we've been seeing. On the upside, we finally got to see a slowed. Or Zoss's representation of Slodes, you actually see one in Cloud Rest, and you also see one at the Wellikin Cove is another world boss. So getting to see a Slode was pretty darn awesome. I was really excited for that. Um, obviously, we've been doing a lot of pledges and events with our Guild Hands of Fate in ESO. I do encourage you, if you are interested in joining us in ESO, send me an in-game mail at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S underscore W-O-F. Um, we do weekly events. I'm looking to get another trial night going as well as a Cyrodiil PvP on the weekend. So I did a big clear out of the guild prior to the launch of Somerset. So if you been were part of the guild, but were no longer part of the guild uh, as you haven't been on in a while, all you have to do is send me an in or a message and you'll get invite. We are also adding a monthly drawing for participation. So everyone now is going to be earning participation points within our guild for doing events with us. Okay. Um, I'm also probably going to allow for some participation points for certain donations to the Guild Bank. That is a to-be-determined, so keep that in mind. Uh, but what you're essentially going to be able to do with these participation points is you're going to be able to, once a month, be able to purchase a raffle ticket. You'll be able to purchase multiple if you really want for the amount of times you show up because it's you earn 20 participation points per event. A raffle ticket is 50 so you can actually end up getting a couple um, participation raffle tickets, and then you'll be able to. What's up? Mommy. Oh, watch yourself. There you go, bud. So you'll be able to actually get a raffle ticket, and once a month, we will be getting a crown store item to gift to the winner. Okay. So you'll be able to participate in that. So just by joining the guild and doing events, you may be able to win some crown store items. Hey, bud, what's up? There you go. All right. So keep that in mind. I definitely encourage everyone to come on out and join our guild on the North American PC Mega Server. Anyway. 
All right. I guess that's going to... Well, I guess I do have a few tales. We have been running a lot of dungeons. I've been getting my Magicka Dragon Knight up to level 30 last night. Been leveling that up with a friend of mine who I convinced to get ESL. So that was pretty good. Um, and obviously moving through Somerset. But I'm going to wait a little bit to talk about Somerset till next week because I think I'll be further along by next week and... I want Arkaneer on the show and Nate, AKA Misa will be on the show next week as well. So the three of us will be able to give some first impressions and kind of what we feel about Somerset. I'm not going to say that there's not going to be spoilers. There may be spoilers on that episode. So uh, when you watch it, we'll go through the news and stuff like that first. And then we'll, give you a heads up if there's going to be any spoilers for those who haven't got a chance to complete Somerset. And of course I am one of those people who have not completed Somerset. You guys have seen my map. So keep that in mind. If you care about story and haven't finished it by next episode, you're definitely going to want to listen just to make sure. And we'll give a spoiler warning before we talk about anything that would be quest related, but I definitely want to get both Ark and Nate on the show in order to make sure that uh, that happens. Okay. So let me get one more thing together here. I apologize. I just need one second because I have to pull up my email. And I have we have to do our, our uh, book reading. So I'm going to do that right now. But I need to get my... Oh, I need... Wrong thing. As I said, sorry everyone who's normally used to me doing this show. Uh, it's normally a little bit more clean than this, but kind of had to pull this together very quickly. Uh, there's my sermons. We are nearing the end of our two sermon, or our our sermons. Probably only going to be another week or two until we're actually finished. And I definitely have to give out a shout out to uh, James Moore, who has provided me with some of his thoughts and feelings about the 36 lessons that I am going to add to the readings so people can get an idea of more, more detail out of these. Oh, and I just got two fortified Nurncrux out of that. That's pretty sick. I'm happy about that. Okay. So let's see. We are on lessons 26 and 27 today. Ooh, Rock-A-Dog Glove. Ooh, ooh. 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 I got new new motif page. That works for me. I like this. Because that adds two new things. Okay. Let me pull this out on the screen. And we're going to do with 36 Lessons of Vivek, Sermon 26. Baby what? Oh, I got. What do you have to say? Oh, do you have nothing to say now? Oh, baby, hi. <laughs> baby, hi. Oh, oh, he wants to show everyone on on the stream what he's doing. What? Baby's what? Baby race. Oh, wow. Baby race. I like that. 
I like that a lot. Good job. Good job. Did you crash? No, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, okay, cool. Can I, can I continue with the lessons now? Oh. He has his own he has his own input. Can I continue with the sermons now? No. No? no. Alright, no sermons, everyone. <laughs> Alright. Sermon twenty-six of the thirty-six lessons. Are twenty-six of thirty-six lessons of Vivek. Then Vivek left his architecture rapture and went back to the space that was not space. For the provisional house, he looked into the world, middle world to find the fourth monster called the Pocket Cabal. The monster hid itself in the spell list of the great Chimeria wizards of the extreme east where the Emperor Parasols grew wild. Vivek disguised himself as a simple traveler but radiated a tenuous sense fabric so that the warrior or the wizards would seek him out. Of Muthra, he made a simple walking dwarf. Before long, the Invisible One was among the libraries of the East, feeding the essential words of the Pocket Cabal to his walking dwarf, and then running when the magic would fail. After a year or two of this thievery, Muthra was sick to its stomach, and the walking dwarf exploded near the slave pens of a wizard's tower. The pocket ball then slipped itself into the mouths of the slaves and hit again. Then Vivek watched as the slaves erupted into babble and breaking magic. They rattled their cages and sung out half hymns that formed into forbidden and arcane knowledge. Litany fiends appeared and drank from the excess. Grabbers from the adjacent palace came into the world sideways. <laughs> the slave talking, having disrupted the normal non-cardinal points. So, of course, a giant bug appeared. With the great eastern wizard inside of it, he could see past Vivek's disguise and knew the warrior poet's divinity, but he thought of himself so powerful that he talked harshly. See what you have wrought, silly triune, columns of nonsense and litany fiends. I cannot believe how reason or temperance can be made whole again due to your eating, eating, eating. Consort more with demons, why don't you? Vivek stabbed the wizard through his soul. The giant bug harness fell from the slave cages and the slaves ran about free and reckless, too reckless, more with pregnant words, colors bent into the earth. Vivek created a dome head demon to contain it all. The pocket cabal is therefore interred here forever. Let this be cursed. Let this be a cursed land where sorcery is broken and maligned. Then he picked up Muthra by the beard and left the ghostly hemisphere of the dome head demon. On its boundaries, Vivek placed a warning and a song of entrance that contained airs in it. With mock bones of half-dead Muthra, he created a tent. The tent poles of the fortress theory and fatal language were imprisoned for all time. Set appeared and looked on what his brother-sister had created. The clockwork king said, Of the eight monsters, this is the most confusing. May I treasure it? Vivek gave Set leave to do so, but told him never to release the pocket cabal into the middle world. He said, I have 
hidden treasures in my travels, and I made a likeness of Muthra to ward against the unwise. Under this dome, the temporal myth is no longer man. The ending of the words is Amsel V. Down meow, as he says. Down meow. Good job. So I'm going to go over to our friend James here. Um, and I'll say what he wrote. And this actually, it makes funny. When he said this, it, it, <laughs> it made a lot of sense. Are you talking to the meow? Meow. Daddy. Meow. down? Okay. Well, I'm almost done, bud. Okay. All right. Anyway. So, as he says for Sermon 26, I remember hearing that Michael Kirkbride wrote this one as a Pokemon reference. The great Chimeri wizards of the extreme east where the Emperor Parasols grow wild, a.k.a. the Telvanni, which we knew about. I feel like a sneeze is coming on. Oh, maybe. Of Muthra, he made a simple walking dwarf or an avatar. Grabbers from the adjacent palace, the adjacent place of Lig. The slave talking, having disrupted the normal non-cardinal points. Lig interposing itself into Tamriel at various points, which I've heard referred to as a bleed. This sentence implies that there's something like ley lines that protect Tamriel most of the time. The towers, maybe. Yeah, and I definitely agree with uh, James on this one. The idea of the towers and knowing about the tower lore. And it's actually funny because you notice how each Elder Scrolls game, we're starting to see more and more yes, uh, invasions from, from Daedric Plains. Pretty much every Elder Scrolls, at least the single players, we end up destroying one of the towers that protect Tamriel. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, so, of course, a giant bug appeared, and that's where you get one of the obvious points of reference for Pokemon, you know, a wild whatever appeared. Um, that created a dome-headed demon to contain it all, which is a reference to a Pokeball. And under this dome, the temporal myth is no longer man. This can be a place where, if theory I've heard is correct, man is not subject to time, plus Ash and the uh, Pokemon never age. Makes somewhat sense, but Michael Kirkbride is what Michael Kirkbride is. So, mm, take that in, into case. Thank you so much, James, for that one. Um, let's move on to Sermon 27. And I apologize, my voice is starting to get a little scratchy because I've been talking for about an hour now. And I didn't think that was going to happen, but here I am. The scripture of the word. First, all language based on meat do not let Sothvats fool you. The third walking path explores hysteria without fear. The efforts of madman are the society of itself but only if they are written. The wise may substitute one law for another, even into incoherence, and still say he is working within a method. This is true of speech and extends to all scripture. Do not go to the realm of apology for absolution. Beyond articulation, there is no fault. The adjacent palace 
where the grabbers live is an illusion of vocal or the middle realms of thought, but which I mean the constructed. This is how I stole a certainty of the chancellor of exactitude, perfect to look upon from every angle. When you come out of the vocal, you can never be certain. The truest body of work is made up of silence, as in the silence that results from no reference. By the word, I mean the dead. The first meaning is always hidden. The realm of apology is perfection and impossible to attack. Thus, the wise avoid it. Trinity in unity is the world and the word of action, the third walking path. The sage who suppresses his best aphorisms cut off his hands for he is a thief. And the clothes of the broken map are worn only by fools and heretics. The map is an exit for laziness in a dusty tongue, which is to say the given chart that most take as a story that is complete. No word is true until it is eaten. The ending of the words is Am Sylvie. So, um, the first line is, as James comes in, says, this is the way of saying that language is inconsistent. It grows, ages, spawns, children's, and rots. Not immediately relevant, but worth bearing in mind uh, is that it also generally serves a purpose. Um, the efforts of the madman, uh, where is that? The efforts of the madman. So this is the second, the second verse from the scripture of the word. He says, this yells out about the work of Mike, uh, Michael, was that Foucault? I can't pronounce the word specifically his book, madness and civilization. It charts the different ways that the insane have been treated throughout history and it's really not any kind of linear progress, but rather just a series of changes that are unrelated and not necessarily bear any relation to what went before. This also extends the notion that the knowledge more generally uh, that progress is an illusion and that change happens in a disconnected fa- or disconnected fashion that is merely claimed to be progress. What's up, bud? You want to go upstairs? No, baby, I'm okay. Well, wait right here, bud. Okay. Um, Through madness, yet there is a method to it. This is a line from Hamlet. So he makes reference there. Do not go to the realm of apology for absolution. An apology originally was defiance of something, or it was a defense of something. You need not accept forgiveness if you offer an apology in this case, or in this sense, because you have not done anything wrong if you have successfully defended your position. Not totally sure how this relates to later reference to apology, but eh, I offer no apology for any inconsistencies. Nice, James. I like that a lot. The adjacent palace. All right. So this is the LGY again. Bear in mind, Michael Kirkbride said that he considered Tamriel to be a song in that same way as Arda in Tolkien's uh, uh, Legerium, which is actually pretty awesome. Um, LYG Lig is a coffee stain of Tamriel that might have been, which is an illusion in its own way. Are you okay? Do you need help? What what are you doing? You want to sit on that? You just brought it over? 
Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Having to deal with a three-year-old at the same time is always fun. Anyway, back to the lesson. Whew. I feel like I lost my place. I did lose my place. Great. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, where are we at? Okay. Certainty is based on understanding. Understanding is based on the compromise between speakers. If you just read the text, you can't follow for sure that you've un- you can't know for sure that you've understood it because you have no way of checking with the entity that produced these words. The truest body of work is made up of silence and silence, the result of no reference. Um, as James says, I think there's a lot going on here, mostly due to the potential uh, Amarath reference. To reach Amarath, a state of sensory deprivation is required. If you're in sensory sensory deprivation, you have no reference to anything else, and in the state of Amareth, you create your own world, a complete work. Oh, I see what he... Just for reference of what the little man's doing. He wanted to sit on the chair with the ottoman leg rest. How's that going, bud? Oh, daddy help? You want to put it right there? Yeah. All right. Look at the little man just all lounging around. <laughs> Tell you what, man. There you go. Now you can appear on the screen too. Wave, Ezra. <laughs> Good job, bud. Um, Trinity in unity is the world and word of action, the third walking way. The third walking path is referenced in Sermon 35, where the tribunal all go, go all zord on us and combine into one thing. The echoes of Trinity in unity here and may also be something to do with the Numidium, the Dwemer being combined through uh, systematic anti-creation. But I have no idea, only vague notions. Trinity in unity... In a very simplistic way, I almost feel like just references the idea of the tribunal being one coherent of uh, ruling entity as well. And of course, that does tend to reinforce to the followers that they're to serve the entire tribunal. And that, you know, you see that a lot through these earlier lessons that they he definitely tries to force the idea of the tribunal as the ruling party to... to quash any any notions of any notions of uh, the dissident priest and their idea that the tribunal are not indeed divinity so not no word is true until it is eaten the Elder Scrolls wiki article links this to the Elder Scrolls themselves which aren't resolved until the events they describe come to pass but I think it's more than that Words made are made true by their use in description, which can only be done accurately once they are understood. Also, it may be worth comparing with the Teshi here. They ate the men of Akavir, which could be cultural assimilation and understanding rather than literal eating. So that is from James uh, Moore. Thank you so much. He's been, if you haven't seen, he's the one who's been writing a lot of extra stuff and commentary on our uh, YouTube streams about uh, 
about the different lessons. So I found his insight to be really fantastic. So he wrote up a few thoughts for the upcoming episodes so that I can present that as well so people can have an even greater understanding of the lessons of Vivek. Whew. All right. Well, I think that's going to be the end of our show here tonight. Uh, we did make it over an hour, which is kind of funny when it's just me talking. My wife would probably say I talk too much, but hey, I had fun doing it. I hope you guys did too. Um, of course, if you're interested in joining our PC North American Guild, I do encourage you to do so. Come be part of the community. Uh, come do events with us. We really encourage you guys to do that. Uh, you can send me an in-game mail. That's the best way to get it. Or join our Discord, which uh, is in the description as well. Um, and uh, send us a message with your account name, and we will get you an invite. We have events pretty much every day of the week in the ESO Guild, so I definitely encourage you to come out and... Uh, and be a part of that again. So that's really, really exciting for us. And uh, I'm really looking to get a few more trial runners into the guild because I want to create a trials group to do a bunch of different stuff, including vet trials. So keep that in mind. Of course, you can follow everything we do, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. You links to all of our social media sites, including our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, which if you're already watching, awesome. Be sure to check out our Twitch and subscribe to that. Oh, I just got a Rogan on Maces, which is pretty awesome um, because there's a chance you get some Twitch drops. And we have been streaming pretty much all the time. So definitely check that out. And again, my in-game name in ESO is at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S. That is the best way to get a hold of me in-game. Um, yeah, definitely check all those sites out. All of our other shows, including our Ashes of Creation show from the Ashes, which records every week. A uh, new episode is coming out on Monday for that as well. And we do have our general MMO gaming show and Tavern Talk uh, our Saga of Leucemia live stream and podcast. Definitely check all that stuff out. We encourage you to do so. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will see you next time. See you later, everybody. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel and the heart was heard to shout Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell and like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well magic effused the lorcan blood to crystal red and strong then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball red diamond red diamond the heart and soul of men red diamond Red diamond, protect us till the end. When El 
Love's lost learn to men Akatosh gave the stone To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne Red diamond, red diamond The heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond Protect us till the Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.